Hello everyone, welcome to the In The Frame podcast. I'm Luke, as always I'm joined by Pip, and today we're joined by the wonderful Buller. How are you Buller? Hello, I'm good, thank you. I'm very well. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, doing, doing well. Doing good. Uh, have, have, you had a, have you had a good week so far? <laughs> yeah, I've, this week has been um, great. I've been moving into a new office, my first one, um, and it feels really good moving into the jewellery quarter. A place that I've always been around. Fantastic. Yeah, you've made you've made me and Luke feel really nostalgic because obviously yeah. <laughs> I'm now down in Devon, but spent 30 years in Birmingham and know the jewellery quarter really well, as does Luke. So kind of just yeah. you, earlier, Buller was just kind of <laughs> you know showing us out the window and looking looking in on sort of beautiful Birmingham. So that was uh, that's great. But yeah, br- well done, mate. On uh, yeah, kind of moving into your first proper sort of production office and everything. That's fantastic. Thank you. It's it's been an organic progression. That's how it feels. It feels like this is it's come at a it's a calculated move, not too rushed. Um, the right time. Obviously, I'm still riddled with risk um, and thinking like that, but in a good way. Um, you know, this is gonna kick my ass in getting more work because <laughs> now I've got uh, overheads. Yeah, um, yeah. But the. Uh, the biggest impact that I'm hoping it has and that I plan for it to have is that on the mentality-wise. Um, I've worked at home be- long before lockdown and there's always little tips and tricks I'd need to do, like get dressed in the morning because the whole day becomes blurred. Um, yeah. I'm used to that and I know that the productivity levels can decline without even knowing it. Yeah. Um, but now I've, I've got a place where I go, I'll work, and then I can go home and appreciate being at home. There's that separation. Um, so I think this is going to have a huge positive impact um, on, the, on the whole mentality of, of working, especially when you're self-employed and you, yeah. a lot of your work has to come from your own research and development. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, what I want to do now, Buller, is kind of take you all the way back to the beginning. So, I mean, I, I, I know of you and I know that you're a, a, a amazingly fantastically creative person but what kind of kicked it off for you where did that creativity come from what was the kind of first initials kind of creative sparks you and then how did that sort of move into film yeah I've been, I've been thinking about this um it's there wasn't one big moment it's I think I've grown up in that environment I've grown up in a, in a manufacturing environment with um my parents having a, a textiles factory so it's been all making everything um process the factory line that's that's all embedded in me um and i think just it's it's just rippled throughout everything everything i do so from a young age i was always into art and um i I went through school and it it was just natural for me to be doing art at gcse and then then at college and then an art foundation and then doing illustration with animation at university that was always a, a natural move without without very, being aware of um, the job roles, you know, how to make money, how to live off it. That's something I've got used to since being thrown into it. Um, so from a young age, I can remember, I mean, my, my dad runs a textiles factory. My mom makes everything. She's, she's a, a handy person. Lots of furniture in her house. She's made from scratch with wood and tiles all the curtains, all the textiles in the house. 
it's all been made as a family. Um, a general rule has been before we buy something, can we make it? <laughs> I, um, and that down to presents, um, up to furniture, can we make it? All right, let's, if not, let's buy it. That's great. What a great philosophy to have. Way to live, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I remember being, I remember one thing on Blue Peter when I was really young, they were, it was uh, they were showing how to use a camcorder to make stop frame animation. Mm. You could take pictures on it. So I thought I was watching that and I would have been like six or seven, very young. And I remember just trying to do this without our camcorder, trying to move a car. And then being curious with the computer, there was always animation softwares and you know, made for kids, make a cartoon. Um, and that rippled into Movie Maker, mm. playing around with the Windows Movie Maker. Mm. Then at, that went into Sony Vegas. And then went into Adobe Premiere Pro. So that making stuff has always been there. And it's not just film um, and video content. Um, remember, I started doing art. So it's come from illustration and painting. Um, and that's evolved into filmmaking. Only recently I've realised upon reflection that filmmaking is a, a tool and it, it's one of my mediums. It's not my only medium. It's one of the mediums that I use to, to uh, explore a project. Very good. Incredible. Luke, you've got a question. I do, yes. Um, so you're now, you now make films for a living. Um, knowing a lot of young people are, are at that beginning stage where, where they're trying to climb and they're trying to get to a place where this can be their career, this can be what makes earns them money. But it's, it's very tough, especially during lockdown, kind of breaking in and such. And so my, my question to you is, um, what was the toughest pit? And what was the, what was the hardest hurdle to get over, turning that from a hobby when you're young into what you do now? The hardest bit? It would be the um, lack of the lack of understanding of the extent of the work. Mm. So often, um, young filmmakers, uh, uh, young creatives think mm. that the main three they want to be a, a writer, director. Actually, main two: writer, director, mm. then a producer. There are so many other job roles and so many other ways to get into the the work environment i didn't really get that early on i didn't understand that it's only since being thrown into the productions and thrown into it and uh, being around people you understand how many people and how many different skill sets the industry employs mm. which is important because yet you want to become a writer and director or a producer. Um, along the way, it'd be great to work in the industry as well. It'd be great to have your side job whilst you're working on this in the industry, um, a runner, camera assistant, staff like that. And if you, if you can get yourself in production, so your, your income does come from working in the industry and you can also pursue your passion of uh, writing or directing. That can go hand in hand. That's 
Um, and for me, I, I feel lucky to be able to have that income coming from the industry as opposed to me working in a completely different industry just to keep myself going, mm. trying to pursue writing and directing on the side. Mm. So, Bulla, just picking up on that, do you think then one of the big issues for you was that there was a, an awareness gap? You weren't really being taught or shown what the routes could be for mm. you to kind of take this up as a, as a, as a profession, something was actually going to be, be your living. The, the routes were taught, but it was always, it's always theory-based. Mm. And you can only get so much theory-based education. Um, it was only until the, the, the placements in the masters was actually an interning at companies that you're able to, yeah, the theory is a foundation um, of knowledge, but it all changes once you get in there and it all builds upon each other, all, all the bits of knowledge, it evolves. So the information taught, yeah, it was taught, but that's not it. You can't settle for that. That is theory-based. It's like, it's like uh, passing theory for driving and then thinking you're a driver. Yeah. Yeah, true. So for you then, when did you go from that kind of theory-based uh, learning of film, learning of learning of arts, arts and filmmaking, to going practical and kind of and kind of going from that step from university into the industry. What 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 did you do? Where did you go? I did um, from a masters at the University of Birmingham. I did. We had placements, mm. and I saw the placements. As I was really excited by them because it's just it's a list of companies that you can work at. So mm. I wanted to do as many as I can. Um, I went into, I did a few weeks at a company called Creator Media, where I knew I'd get um, hands-on production experience. I did some weeks at uh, Zebra Digital, mm-hmm. which is a, an indie company. I knew I'd get the work, uh, I'd, I'd get to see the, the workings of research and development, um, running your own company. So when it came to the end of my master's, I went freelance, I went self-employed. That's, that happened because one of the guys at Creative Media bumped into me and said, oh, we were talking and um, we liked you. And if, if you want to come back as a camera assistant, let us know and we'd, we'd help you from then. You just need to be self-employed. And I thought about it, I thought self-employed sounds good because I'm somebody who likes different projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so I registered as self-employed. I get my vision of where this is going is very hazy. I was just taking one step at a time. Um, I did a, uh, that was in October 2016, I did one day of camera assisting for them in a month. And that just built on, it evolved. They, over there at Creative Media, they helped me a lot in terms of um, building me up whilst I was freelance, which is unusual. And I'm grateful for that because I'm a freelancer. You don't really spend your time and energy uh, developing a freelancer. You come in for the day or for the projects and do the work. Um, but they constantly gave me more responsibilities, allowed me to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I quickly um, went from being a freelance camera assistant to being a freelance camera operator, animator, and um, editor. Um, 
so largely to, from their input, but also my attitude. Uh, you know, I was very open. I knew that I've left my education, but I've still got a shitload of education to come. I haven't stopped learning. I've got there's there's loads more to learn. So you've been you've been doing it for a few years now, Bully. You made you made that leap, kind of brave leap. I guess it's often what happens that you know if you can present yourself really well, if you get an opportunity, even if it's only for a few days, that might open a door to something else. And then I guess there is that point in which you've you kind of got to take that risk, haven't you, to some degree, like you did to go self-employed and think, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and see if I can make this happen. And you've done that, you've learned, and then you've built upon that and you've set up your own your own company. What have been some of the highlights of the work that you've been able to actually take on and do? And, you know, maybe those moments where you've sort of pinched yourself and gone, wow, you know, hang on, how am I, how am I doing this? And I'm being paid for it, you know, so. Yeah, there's been lots of those moments. Um, early on, I got to go to Abu Dhabi for five weeks in the UAE, uh, to be part of a crew shooting a feature documentary about mm-hmm. British the, the British nanny industry among in the wealthy Emiratis. Um, and that that came from uh, friendship, Paul Driscoll, really nice guy. He mm-hmm. I, I at the time I was really young and wanted an experience and he saw that. Um, I think he saw my attitude. I helped him um, on a few shoots not you know as a as a, a student not expecting a fee or anything because i knew that i'm getting something else out of it mm-hmm. i just want to be um working on something and learning and being around people um and then a, a couple of months later after that he said he's got this job and then i went there so you know i was that was a moment where for five weeks I was living in a hotel in in Abu Dhabi and shooting a feature documentary, lots of responsibility on my head. Um, there's been, oh, there's been so many. A lot of, a lot of these moments are due to the people I've been around. Right. Um, I've been around lots of people, more very experienced people who have um, gotten me onto things, giving me opportunities, um, doing that. One, one project where I got to dip into my art skills was um, making um, props for a suffragettes documentary. So, and they needed um, the sash, badge, um, all this stuff to set the scenes. And I was able to look at that, like my mom would look at something where she'd want to think, can we make it before we buy it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was making all this stuff. I was making all the, 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 the newspapers and just using every bit of uh, arts, uh, art skills and processes that I've had in the past to think, all right, I need to, how, do, how do you make these newspapers? How, they look like this. I'm going to make this look like that. Coffee stain, et cetera, or whatever. Um, the dresses, I was doing that. The prison outfits. Um, and that was left to me, to my, uh, to my craft skills. So that was a really nice moment. Um, there's been traveling for work is great. Um, being in hotels around the country with, with crew that we have so much chemistry 
um, right recently the opportunity to write recently the opportunity to make a film about to, that, that, to encourage thought and discussion around die, for dying wishes sorry mm -hmm. recently um, having the opportunity to explore dying wishes and trying to encourage thought and discussion amongst the South Asian community. That was special because um, they, I had complete creative control. That was the brief. And I was there to think, how do we do that then? Um, they allowed me to write, to produce the whole thing, to really, and really trust my um, vision in it. So having that creative control is, is a big moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, well, I, I, just before we came on, we were chatting, weren't we? And I'd, I'd been able to see the link that you sent for. I, I was absolutely blown away by it. It's absolutely fantastic piece of work. Mm -hmm. Really fantastic piece of work. Showed a great sensitivity, I think, as a, as a director and a writer, uh, sort of bringing what could be seen as a really very difficult, quite taboo subject, really. And, and you brought a lot of life and a lot of colour and a lot of, you know, openness uh, into that, which I thought was um, a great talent, really. So um, so I can see, and I, I, picking up on that one point as well, I think you've you kind of mentioned it in passing, really, but I, I think you've, you've nailed something, which is this kind of progression that we all seek to have. People are right at the heart of it, aren't they? It's people that you work with. It's people that open doors to you. It's people that give you opportunities. It's people that support you. You know, people really are so massively key in this industry and therefore making sure that you're that kind of a person that, you know, is open to relationships with people, you know, and finding ways to make sure that you can connect with people because you just never know where that, where that might lead in terms of what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, I, I speak to a lot of um, young people, a lot of students, um, and one thing I always have a lot to say about internships, because a lot of all this has happened, has come from internships, that was right at the beginning of it, um, of being an intern, of, of um, worked with interns, of managed interns, and it is, the attitude is crucial, um, and I suppose the point you've just made is about people being the heart of it. It matters when you're an intern because it's not about your technical skills or your creativity skills. When you're an intern, it's solely about your attitude and working with people. Yeah. That um, all the technical skills, all that stuff, it's to be learned and it's not to be expected from the intern. Yeah. But um not pissing people off is not to be, it is to be expected. Mm -hmm. uh, all, all my opportunities have been a chain of events from my attitude when I was a student and I can track back some of them. You know, you can see this happened because I met that person, how did I meet that person? Because I, I was there and they introduced, you can, I can track that back. Yeah. So it is absolutely crucial because when you're an intern, you, you don't expect, you, well, you shouldn't expect instant results, uh, instant satisfaction um, in, in having an opportunity. What you're doing is planting seeds. Yeah. 
I'm seeing stuff happen now um, that started from how I was when I was an intern. Um, and people do want to help. When you're an intern, people do want to help you mm-hmm. if they like you. I've, I've worked with some interns where I felt I've been like, you're getting this wrong. Please don't be like that. Please don't do that because it's not going to help you. Um, stop being arrogant. Like I've just, I've tried to help on the, on the just one-on-one, just be like, stop being arrogant because it's not going to, mm. it's not going to work. I can, I understand how valuable it is for them or it's, um, you know, put your phone away, be more aware of your, your surroundings, get in, get involved, get in, ask questions. Um, don't be afraid, wear the right clothes, uh, you know, wear practical clothes. It's, I, yeah. yeah, with interns, I think with the conversation of how important people are in the industry, um, it can start from when you're young and a student. You can really see the benefits of that, long-term benefits, because yeah. you build relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. I've had mentors and people um, who directly and indirectly mentor me and bring me up. I don't, I, I, I don't for one second, and I've never have thought that I've done all this by myself. Mm-hmm. No way. I love the fact that I can attribute, I, I love the fact that I can attribute my work and projects and, and successes to lots of different people. Not, in, not only in um, the professional industry, but personally as well, lots of support from friends and family. Yeah. Um, and that's the best way to do it because I get to share those successes with these people as well. Incredible. That's, yeah, it's brilliant. Amazing. Um, so what's next for you coming up in the year? Obviously, we're going through pandemic and that must have slowed some things down. But, but what is this year looking like for you? What's in store? You know, each year I, I say this is a make or break year <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, this year, scaling up, scaling. Yeah, everything is changing. Yeah. Um, if I compare myself and what's happening to just a year ago, there's bits of development happening all around. Not just create, not just um, regarding creativity, but business mm-hmm. um financials account you know i'm taking on a lot now which i feel great about mm-hmm. um and the all this stuff can only happen in incremental stages mm-hmm. so week by week there's things happening and efforts that i'm making that will the intent is to develop throughout the year and what i mean by that is one thing i want to do is the kind of work that I want to be on. Uh, sorry, I'm going to go back. Um, this year, I want to be working more with um, people. I want, to, I want to be working on bigger projects where it, that involve more crew, involve people in the pre-production stage. That's something that um, I've, not done much of, I've not done much of, but I know the benefit of that is incredibly valuable. Um, and to have people working in pre-production stage means that the project is big enough for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that's I've got my eye on that. I've got friends around that um to, to collaborate with. This year I also want to expand uh, my knowledge in uh, in funding. Mm. I'm working on a couple of projects at the moment, which is really broadening my horizon. Um, mm. You know, when when I was uh, when I was doing my illustration with animation, when I was more of a, an artist than a filmmaker, I never had any knowledge of um, income from being mm. an artist, but you know funding or anything like that now I'm seeing all this and I feel like oh this this can get me back to that stage so that's that's why I felt like filmmaking has become a tool because now I've got projects where I can approach not just with the filmmaking knife but with uh, an artist or where you're exploring different experimental mediums can I, can I ask you one more question just to add? Yeah, yeah. Just, go ahead. Very, just a very quick final question. Because um, you, you got me thinking when, because um, every time that we've met, I've I've seen you around in the film industry, uh, Buller, you've always popped up, like, it almost seems constantly yours popping up in, like, different things that I'm doing and also different things that you're doing. And I'm just, I've just always been so impressed with just how uh, how diverse your your products are and how how you're, you're doing one thing one day and then doing another thing the other day and you're just always moving forward and always striving to do more. And so my, my question would be, what, what, would you, what advice would you give to a younger version of you who wants to get into the industry, who wants to, wants to become a filmmaker, wants to become an artist? What would, what would you say to them? I would say to a young person who sees me doing lots of different things and all, uh, being varied um in what i do that's and always trying new things that's come from me always telling myself that i don't know everything i don't know everything there's always going to be stuff to learn i can't walk around like i know absolutely everything um that's a recipe for disaster to be able to experiment develop on projects um meet new people you got to understand that uh there's you'll never know everything there's always something to learn there's always people to meet there's always experiences to be had so for me i, I i'm able to do all lots of different things because um i know that i know that uh I, simple as that i don't know everything i'm curious the curiosity is there that's another thing. You got to be curious. So mix that, uh, knowing that there's so much to be learned with curiosity. And it's all a chain of events, an undescribable chain of events. <laughs> there's not a tick list of tasks to do. It comes from your attitude. Thank you, Buller, for coming on today. It's, been it's an absolute treat to chat to you and to kind of hear more about, hear more about your journey and where you're going, going next going in the future um remember to like and subscribe uh on uh, these on the youtube channels on all the podcast websites uh, if you want to learn more about what we do you can go to earthspd.org forward slash in the frame link is up on screen now and um we really hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week thanks Buller, for coming around thank you Buller. thank you Pip. brilliant see you all next thank time bye bye bye, -bye.